0: Welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Monsters and Mysteries. I am one of your hosts, Belle, and I am the other host, Miley. And today things are going to be dark. I'm sorry in advance. I don't like these episodes. Yeah, I'm just trying to get all of my laughs out at
1: the beginning because it's not like this is such this is very serious and we always want to be very respectful. But we just really have a hard time. We don't take anything
0: seriously at all, ever. No, and there's so many dead people in this one, and it is so sad, and it's just hard. <laughs> I've never really cried doing research for a case before. This one <laughs> made me cry. Really? Yes. Oh, Most boy. of the time I can disassociate, which yeah. sounds worse when I say it out loud.
1: No, I do the same thing
0: when I'm doing research. I just yeah. don't put... If I think about it too long, I'd probably get sad, but I just choose not to think about it. Yeah, I can disassociate pretty well. And it's the same with, like, the documentaries and stuff that I watch. I can disassociate, like, that. Mm -hmm. But with this one, for some reason, I think it's just where a lot of the girls in the later cases of of this are, like, my age. Oh. Like, born the same year that I was. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that could have been me.
1: And yeah. I know it sounds
0: like a such like self-centered thing to say, but like, no, I think that's I've driven on this road. <gasps> oh, yeah, that's a, that's way different. And so that's the introduction. <laughs> this is um, the dark history of the U.S. Route 29. A lot of people have called it the Route 29 stalker, Route 29 ser- serial killer. But I'm going to be covering so many different aspects of um, what's happened along U.S. Route 29 that I just decided to go with. The Dark History of U.S. Route 29. Okay. So when I first discovered this, like, case, I did not realize it was as dark as it is. So I'm worried. Listener discretion is advised. Honestly, this is a very dark case that we're about to get into. So if you are squeamish, if you, if you don't want to hear about some pretty gnarly stuff, honestly, just skip this one yeah we have happy. come back we have yeah. happier ones just re-listen to like the squonk one yes, or something please um so u.s route 29 goes from baltimore maryland to pensacola <laughs> what <laughs> pensacola florida oh wow yeah it is a little over a thousand miles um but we will be talking about a certain part of this highway which is called route 29 corridor located in virginia between oh so this is like close close oh yeah like this like to us anyway yeah like whenever we go to the lake like yeah whenever oh we're on this road a lot honestly okay um between 1996 and 2014 an unusually high amount of people especially women went missing on this stretch of road that's comforting oh yeah yeah So we're going to kick it off with um, Alicia or Alicia Shoalwater-Reynolds, and this case was from March 1996. The first reported case linked to the U.S. Route 29 stalker is Alicia Shoalwater-Reynolds. On March 2nd, 1996, around 7.30 a.m., Alicia left her home in Baltimore, Maryland to spend the day shopping with her mother in Charlottesville, Virginia. The drive from Baltimore to Charlottesville is roughly a three-hour trip, so they planned on meeting at ten thirty a.m. But when Alicia, I really hope I'm pronouncing her name wrong. It's either Alicia or Alicia. I don't know, because I looked it up and different people pronounced yeah. it different ways. So I was like, because yeah. I don't want to be disrespectful, <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: Hopefully um, they, hopefully our listeners will understand. We're we're just yeah. doing our best
0: here. Um. <laughs> She was an hour late when her mom began to worry and called her husband. He said weather could have been delayed, like weather could have delayed her arrival. Mm-hmm. But after Alicia's mother waited several more hours before eventually deciding to head back home at 6 p.m., she began to seriously worry. Mm-hmm. Alicia's car was found 50 miles from where her and her mother planned on meeting. There was a oh. white napkin on the windshield to indicate something was wrong with the vehicle. But when it was inspected, there was no issues found. <gasps>
1: oh that's pretty you know yeah as as a i mean obviously i don't know yet what has happened with her Mm -hmm. but if i was i guess if i was going to perhaps kidnap somebody i guess that'd be the thing to do because i mean you see cars on the side of the road all the time yeah with like
0: cloth hanging out of the window because for sure that's what it means yeah Especially on the interstate, on the highway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You see that all the time. Here's where my skin began to crawl while I was working on this episode, and I started to get really, like, paranoid, mm-hmm. which it doesn't take much. I'm a pretty paranoid person already. <laughs> uh, the police set up roadblocks to stop people who may have seen Alicia Or any other suspicious activity. They discovered Alicia had been pulled over and talking to a man in a blue pickup truck. Police also discovered at least 20 other women claimed that while driving down Route 29, an unidentified man was attempting to get them to pull over. So he was like standing beside the road trying to get them. He would get their attention by honking his horn and flashing his lights and yelling at them, saying that there was something wrong with their car. Some of them pulled over, oh, no, and he no, took no, no, them no. to a payphone without anything happening. Others claimed that when they ignored him, he became furious and eventually <gasps> drove away. Okay, so he would park beside the road and he would get out of his truck. From the sounds of it, yeah, or he would be following cars down Route 29 and flashing his lights and Ooh. stuff like that. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. A week before Alicia Showater Reynolds' disappearance, a woman told the police that she was driving home when a man approached her. The man claimed that there were problems with her car and offered her a ride, which she accepted. And honestly, to us, that might sound crazy, like absolutely insane, Mm. but you have to realize a ton of people didn't have cell phones at this time. This Mm -hmm. was 1996. They didn't have cell phones. Like, that wasn't a commonplace thing that people yeah. had. Um, People were just a lot more trusting. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. I just feel
1: like the world...
0: I I think that things
1: have gotten a lot crazier and a lot yeah. scarier. Well, maybe not even necessarily that, but the media... We, we can see all the, all the crazy things that happen yeah. now.
0: So, I think we're and a that's, lot more and that's what, wary of like, people. Definitely not victim-blaming. Because, listen... That could happen to anybody, yeah. especially at this time. Mm-hmm. If something was wrong with my car and someone was, like, flagging me down, one, I wouldn't stop. That's because I hate people and they just <laughs> scare me to death. Um, but also, like, these women genuinely thought something was wrong with their car. I mean... Am I saying that I could have done the same thing?
1: Yeah, I am. Because oh, there's yeah. always something wrong with my car. It's not even running right now. Yeah. So it wouldn't even be that big of a surprise if there was something horribly wrong with my car and somebody was just trying <laughs> oh to help my me God. out. For, yeah, I for remember real. I was driving down the road and there was a truck with a trailer maybe? Mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't remember exactly what it was. But I think they had like a chain hanging off of their truck not in like a creepy way but just like hauling something maybe with like a hook on it or something yeah but it was like like dragging the interstate like i mean there were sparks and stuff and i like i was gonna you know like you know beep the horn or something to let them know and that was me you know a female that was would have said that to a male so if somebody would have done the same thing to me i can't say that i wouldn't pull
0: over At least pull over. So a few minutes into this car ride, he began attacking her, but she was able to escape his truck, breaking her ankle in the process, (gasps) which gives me such Edmund Kemper, the Mm -hmm. co-ed killer, and Ted Bundy vibes. Mm -hmm. And this, but this only happened 25 years ago because it happened in 96. So like, that's the thing, like, (sighs) I hate to like gender shame too but do you know how easy it is for a guy to get a girl into a car and just do whatever he wants because most of the time he's going to be stronger Mm -hmm. i mean there's a likelihood that you know they might be faster but i mean in the case of of ted bundy he took the handle off the passenger side of the door Uh and the seat out yep so like it just uh, makes you nervous. It just makes you nervous. Yeah, man, can't wait to drive home late. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, on May seventh, two months after Alicia's body disappeared, it, I, after she disappeared, her body was found in a wooded area, fifteen miles southeast of where she vanished. The cause of death was never officially released, but investigators do note that she had been murdered. Mm. Um, they believe she was most likely murdered the day that she vanished and her case still remains unsolved. Oh, uh, what? We don't even know who it was. I'll talk about that at the end of the episode, like <sighs> theories, but yeah, her case is still unsolved.
1: Oh no. Why did you do this to me? I don't like it. I know. <laughs> so this, okay. There's so more. the woman who
0: broke her ankle. Yes.
2: She Did reported she-
0: someone to the police,
2: okay. um,
0: and like I said, I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. But there's more cases linked to this same person, mm-hmm. so yeah. At the end of the episode, I'll go into the theories okay. as up to who the U.S. Route 29 stalker okay. is. Okay, I will save my questions until the end. <laughs> um. So next is. This one's upsetting, too. On May 19th, 1996, Julianne Williams and Laura Lolly Winans ventured into the Shenandoah National Park for a backpacking trip with their dog, Taj. (sighs) Uh, And these women were freaking cool as heck. Uh, Literally, I wish I could have been best friends with them (laughs) because... Even though I wasn't alive, obviously. (laughs) I still wasn't alive. I was born in 96, but I was born in July 96, and this is May. Um, They met through a nonprofit organization called Woods Women located in Minnesota. Lolly was enrolled in Unity College in Maine, and she became a wilderness guide. She loved the outdoors and just wanted to share that love with other people. Um, Julie was also so freaking cool. She was a geologist and traveled to Europe. While she was in college to study dinosaurs, uh there were so many other insanely cool things about these women that I literally could have gone on and on and on, but this case is very long already, <laughs> <Yeah>. and so <laughs> but they were both just incredibly interesting people mm-hmm. sadly on may thirty first nineteen ninety six Julie's dad reported her missing that evening. Their car and dog um were found. Taj was located around the park without a leash. The next evening on June 1st, their bodies were found a quarter mile from their campsite. Uh, This is when things get dark. So like I said, you can stop listening now because it's not great. Uh, Their bodies were found stripped naked, bound and gagged and both had their throats slit. There was no sign of sexual assault. Um, One body was found inside the tent and the other outside of the tent. <laughs> While this case is linked to the US Route 29 stalker, it's also linked to another case in 1986, 10 years prior. On the Colonial Parkway, Virginia, Rebecca Dowowowski and Kathleen Thomas were found dead in their car that had been pushed off of an embankment near Williamsburg. Their throats were slashed with a sar- sharp object and their wrist had been bound. There was no sign of a struggle. Both women were fully clothed, and there was no sign of sexual assault. Their wallets and purses were found left in their car, ruling out a robbery motive. Just like Rebecca and Kathleen, Lolly and Julianne were in a relationship. So many believe both murders were actually hate crimes. uh, But the FBI never found evidence to link the murders. Both cases remain unsolved.
1: So they were 10 years apart, but they had very... One happened in 86,
0: one happened in 96. But the similarities in the case were incredibly similar. And both of them were in... Lesbian relationships, so people think it was a hate crime. Okay. Yeah. But but it's still also linked to the... It's still linked to the same U.S. Route 29 stalker. Um, okay. It's so... This is a a random question, but do we know what kind of dog that was? It was a golden retriever.
1: Okay. Well, they're not very uh, aggressive. No, they're pretty so, sweet, honestly. Yeah. But that's kind of surprising to me that, that they didn't kill the dog. No, they let the
0: dog... Which or did it point. run away? Uh, no, because it wasn't. It didn't have a collar. Um, wow. Yeah, it is crazy to me, but that they they let the dog go. They had to have because in all the pictures that I saw of them, like leaving for this trip, Taj had a collar. That's so weird. Yeah, it's really sad. It was really sad. Oh man, because I did like research on both of them, and they were both just super cool people. And yeah. I mean, it's not. It's awful when anybody dies, but when you really start to like get in depth with like knowing who these people were, like these victims Mm -hmm. were, it makes it even more horrible. Oh, yeah. It seriously makes it even worse. (sighs) So now on to another one. (laughs) Woo. 20-year-old Anne Carolyn McDaniel was leaving her group home, the President Madison Inn in Orange, Virginia, on September 18th, 1996. Um... And then she wasn't seen between that period. And then on September 20th, she was seen at the local 7-Eleven trying to get a ride. Um, It's known hitchhiking wasn't uncommon for Anne. Two days later, the sad thing is, though, that two days later, her burned remains were found only a few miles from the location of Alicia's body was found. It was determined Anne died of asphyxiation. Then her remains were burned. Her case also remains unsolved. Ah. There wasn't a ton of details about her case, but like...
1: You said a group home?
0: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but I'm just curious. um, She was in a group home. I think it was for... She was... Like I said, she was 20. I think she had some learning okay disabilities but i didn't know if she was older or younger no she's 20 she had kind of she was able to branch out on her own and move away from her family and she lived Mm -hmm. in this group home okay um and from the sounds of it she was just a normal i mean a normal 20 year old um and 15 miles yeah she left her group home on september 18th and then didn't return back to the group home and then she was seen on September twentieth at seven eleven trying to get a ride. And then later, two days later, on the twenty second, her burned remains were found. So people probably didn't think anything about it until Well, it was a few miles from where Alicia's body was found.
2: Oh man. Yeah.
0: And all three of those happened in nineteen ninety six. All four of those. I'm sorry, there was. Oh four. wow! No, there was three. Well, if you count Lolly and Julianne, right? Yeah. Then four murders in all, but three ca- three that separate cases, crazy. and all three are are still unsolved. <sighs> Ugh. So fast forward thirteen years, on October 17th, 2009, when 20 year old Morgan Dana Harrington was. Oh. A-
1: It just hit me. What? (laughs) I am 20 years (laughs) old. You said 20 before, but it just, I just had that
0: realization that I'm that old. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so Morgan Dana Harrington was attending a Metallica concert at the John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia, um... I actually heard about this John Paul Jones arena before because of the guy who was on The Bachelor, whose name was John Paul oh, Jones, yeah. um, to take a funny break in this case. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I knew that Hilarious. sounded familiar, yes. <laughs> but that's why. Probably because John Paul Jones on The Bachelor <laughs> literally said his name 27,000 times. He yes, yes. John Paul Jones, John Paul Jones. <laughs> I think he only had about six brain cells, but he seemed like a cool guy. I'd be friends with them. I'd be friends with them too. <laughs> um. So this arena, the John Paul Jones Arena, is actually on the University of Virginia's campus. Oh. Okay. Uh, she had left her friends to use the restroom, and then. And when they called her to check why she was taking so long, Morgan informed them she had been locked out of the arena due to the no-entry policy. <gasps> it doesn't say why she left the arena. Uh, that's, mm, okay. But she left <laughs> that's the <random>. arena. <laughs> yeah. Two witnesses claim to have seen her with three men leaving the arena, <gasps> but, it was conf- but it was confirmed she was last seen hitchhiking on a nearby bridge later that night. Girl, why? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no, After no. Morgan's disappearance, her purse was found in an RV lot at the UVA's L- Lanningan Lanningan, I think is what it is, athletic field. Inside of it was her ID as well as her phone which had the batteries removed. <gasps> So it was oh. straight up like, you can't track us. Yeah. We're taking the batteries out of this thing. Oh man. Um, Three months later, on January 26, 2010, her body was found by a farmer at Anchorage Farm in Alber... Oh, another word I can't pronounce. Alber... Al- 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Something <laughs> County, which is located roughly 10 miles from the arena. While investigations... While investigating officials did not release detailed information about her death, Morgan's parents confirmed that it had been very violent and that bones were broken.
1: (gasps) Morgan's mother,
0: Gil, also confirmed that her daughter was raped.
1: Oh, no. She was just going to a concert. If nothing else... It's heartbreaking. I guess this podcast has made me... Uh be a little more aware yeah (laughs) i feel like i'm already pretty paranoid when i'm out in public but
0: this is really just kind of sitting over the edge i understand what you mean though it's like it's this stuff could happen to anybody and that's why victim blaming makes me so upset because this stuff could literally happen to anyone yeah it's It's wrong place wrong time
1: exactly yeah that's what i was gonna say sometimes you just
0: that you took the words right out of my mouth because yeah sometimes you, you just are literally just at the wrong place at the wrong time it's
1: it's just so random sometimes yeah, it's uh, my mom has like drilled it into my head you know like all these things to do and precautions to take and to always be aware of your surroundings but i mean she's told me too you just sometimes you just never know yeah
0: so now i'm going to do a bit of jumping around in our timeline um, of the crimes of the U.S. Route 29 cases, uh because it's believed that some cases are linked and some are. Mm-hmm. Um. So early in the morning of September 13th, 2014, 18-year-old UVA student Hannah Graham was reported missing. She was last seen at a mall in downtown Charlottesville. Her friends had last heard from her at around 1:20 a.m. the same day of her disappearance. She was on her way to a party but had gotten lost. She had attended another party before her disappearance. One witness also said that Hannah was last seen at a local restaurant with a man, and she was looking very intoxicated. Jesse Leroy, or LJ Matthews Jr., was seen standing with Graham by his car as she announced loudly, I'm not getting in the car with you. Eeeh. On September 20th of that same year, over 1,600 volunteers searched for Hannah Graham in Charlottesville. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was one of the, like, biggest searches in Virginia history. On September 24th, Police Chief Longo and the FBI announced in a joint press conference that... A suspect had been arrested. Jesse Leroy Matthews Jr. was arrested in Galveston County, Texas when a man spotted him on the beach. (gasps) Hmm. One month later, on October 18th, remains were found on an abandoned property in Albemarle County. At the time, they did not confirm that the remains were Hannah Graham, but on October 24th, the remains were positively identified to be hers. And
1: how far away was this from where she disappeared in the not not far enough. not far, okay no, and he okay, and he was a suspect and he was and he was seen in
0: Texas, so basically what I gathered is that after the incident at the restaurant where she said mm. she wasn't going to get into the car with him, yeah, um, I think he ran, yeah because i mean you'll hear in a hot second okay but he he's guilty
1: <laughs> uh, oh okay we're just he, gonna clear he, that up right now he's guilty
0: and that's why he ran i mean yeah he never outright said that that's why he ran but that's why he ran yeah i
1: because mean honestly it even i was, said that
0: galveston texas is like not a super populated area either Okay. Because I was honestly gonna
1: try to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because if something like dude's guilty. (laughs) Okay. I mean if something like this happened to me
0: (laughs) Oh wow, oh god, that's my worst oh my god. Yeah, oh my god. (laughs) I know. That is my worst nightmare. The staircase documentary that I talked about I talked about on Instagram not long ago. My worst nightmare is to find a dead body because I know <laughs> that they're going to say that it's me. I'm yeah. like I know without a shadow of doubt. One tail. of my greatest fears is somebody framing me
1: for a crime, <laughs> and I don't know why. That might make I've me. I've definitely up. never feel done anything my skin bad. Is
0: getting hot. I
1: hope that nobody would like hate me enough to try to
0: frame me for something. But I've always been. I was so a nice person in that. high school, and if anyone <sighs> wanted to ruin my life from my high school days they could yeah. do it so easily <laughs> because like one of the thing i watched another documentary last night with dustin and it was called that murder among the mormons if you've <laughs> oh, never yeah. seen it watch it it's pretty good it's <laughs> only three hours long but they like they like gathered a bunch of evidence from his house mm-hmm. um from one of the guy's houses and there was like all of it could have been considered like circumstantial evidence. But when, mm-hmm. you all, when you put it all together, it's like, whoa, guilty. Yeah. If you put together all of the evidence that you could gather against me, do you know how easy it would be for people to say that I'm guilty? I'm not My sure My search history on the internet. I have a book called Death to Dust, which tells oh, you what happens yeah. to dead bodies in different scenarios.
1: I hope people who hate you are not gonna be listening to this because i like to tell my well yeah my search history just from the just from the research for this podcast is probably a little suspicious but other than that but like i said i was trying to give him give him the benefit of the doubt because like i said if i was in a situation where i was the last person who saw someone who disappeared I know I'm. I know that it would be I would be the first one that they would come to, and, and that I, would be a little scary. I hate
0: to say this about myself. My first instinct is to lie <laughs> to protect me, yeah. and so I know that the police would interview uh, me, and I'd be like, "I've never seen this person in my <laughs> life." It could be you, Miley, who I see or talk to every day, and they'll be like, "When is the last time you saw this person?" I'd be like, "I've never seen that woman in my life." <laughs> I don't even know who you're talking it's about. It's funny because that is, I can almost guarantee you <laughs> that that is true.
1: <laughs> I hope that you never get arrested for anything because I know for
0: a fact My that that's what would happen. My is to just lie. Just be like, never seen him, never talked to him. And they'll be like, you have a podcast together. Be like, it was through Zoom. I've never met her. <laughs> No, it was the other Miley. I've never met this girl. yeah, before. I've never seen this girl in my life. I knew a Miley with red hair. <laughs> who is this stranger God Ooh. oh God, okay, <laughs> I think I have hives. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to this depressing case. yeah, so on November eighteenth uh this Alber- Ar- <laughs> sweet Jesus Albemarle County. Please department. please listeners from Virginia, tell me how to pronounce this county. I I'm struggling. I'm about to say it so much more in this podcast too, so I apologize. At, at some point I feel like we should
1: just take all of the names of people and places and just make a compilation of
2: all of everything the times we can't pronounce. that We mispronounce
0: oh, things. God, it'd probably just be it'd me be- trying to pronounce this county. <laughs> Abel I don't know. I'm sorry, Virginia. Um The police department released that Graham died um, via homicide Mm. by an undetermined etiology, which basically just means that the medical examiner could not pinpoint the causation of it. Apparently, that happens quite frequently. Really? Yeah, it's just homicide by an undetermined etiology. So, homicide... And they just aren't sure what the causation is. Oh.
1: Um,
0: okay. Yeah. On December 4th, 2014, it was Matthew's first court appearance. His attorney did not request bail, which automatically makes me be like, yeah, this guy was guilty. He knew yeah. he was guilty. Yeah, really? His lawyer knew he was guilty. Right? Um, How old was he? In his 20s, I believe. Or his 30s? Okay. I think he was in his 20s. Okay. Um. On February 10th, 2015, it was announced that Matthew was being in... <laughs> Can I just not read today? <laughs> um, He was being charged with first degree murder oh, of okay. Graham. All right. In addition to abduction charges. Mm. um, And a lot of other cases as well. This man was being charged with other things. Oh. Matthew was being charged in Fairfax, Virginia as well for attempted murder, and other charges from 2005. Yeah. Where did this man come from? So this is where the previous case of Morgan Dana Harrington comes into play, too. Because the investigators matched evidence taken from Matthew to the Morgan Dana Harrington (gasps) case, the one that I just talked about. Yeah. And Hannah Graham was found just 12 miles from where Harrington was found in 2010. (gasps) Mm. Uh, jesse leroy matthews jr received four life terms for the morgan dana harrington murder as well as four life terms for the hannah graham case and on top of it all three life terms from the incident in fairfax
1: yes that's right yeah well i'm glad that they at least got some closure guilty yeah definitely Sorry, I ever tried to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's yeah. what I get. Don't give people the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah. You know. Everyone's guilty <laughs> until proven innocent. I'm just <laughs> yeah.
1: <kidding. laughs> We're changing the law
0: right here on this yeah. podcast. Oh, Everyone's God. guilty. Everyone's guilty. <laughs> Especially if you're Belle, because automatically you're gonna make yourself sound more guilty <laughs> yeah. than you actually are. Um so fast forward to November 2012. Um November 20th to be exact. Sage Smith, a 19-year-old transgender teen from Charlottesville, was getting ready for a date. At 5.40 that evening, she said goodbye to her friend and roommate, Audrey, and left for said date. It's reported that at 6.30 that same evening, Sage was seen near the intersection of West Main and 4th Street by her stepsister, Kiera Morgan. Kiara was not sure who was on the other side of the call um, that Sage was having at the time that she mm-hmm. saw her. That's why she didn't go up to her. Mm-hmm. Um but she said to the person on the other side of the call that she'd be there in five. At 10 p.m. that night, Audrey reported Sage missing. Mm. There are conflicting reports of how serious the, the police department took this case. Um, but at one point, the investigators did subpoena Sage's cell phone records to see who she was last in contact with. Well, this was taking rather long time. So Sage's family decided to try and get into the account themselves and they did. Oh, uh, yeah, let's go. They discovered go. that Sage had been talking to an unknown number. Ugh. And when they couldn't figure out who it was on their own, Sage's father Dean posted it on Facebook. <laughs> that yeah, is when that's Dean right. Smith was contacted by a Yami Ortiz who said that the phone number belonged to a Eric Mcfadden. Honestly good for this family. Yeah, right? Cuz it's honestly incredibly 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 sad. Um And this family even brought up how their case, Sage's case, was not taken as seriously as Hannah like Hannah Graham's Mm, case. Yeah. Um, and they the family firmly believes it's because Sage Smith is black and she is a transgender as well. Oh. Um and That is so sad. It's really heartbreaking because Sage, like, was always aware of her surroundings. She always had to make sure because there were so many crimes going against transgenders mm-hmm. and even the family demanded that they d- didn't use the sage's dead name which is the name of who she was before she transitioned mm, okay. and they demanded that the news report her as i mean what she is a she not mm-hmm. a he because the even the media kept calling her a him right and the fact that they had to ask that out of respect for someone who was missing yeah. is really, really sad. Yeah, that is. And they, they just felt like they didn't get the same respect that Hannah Graham's case got. Yeah,
1: go, oh, yeah. That family really was just on top of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, the dad. Good for them.
0: And it makes me even more. This is the case that really got to me, honestly, because even the dad, he didn't handle Sage's transition great. mm mm-hmm. um, But he even said that if he could go back and change things, that's why he fought so hard for his daughter in this is because he wished he could have went back and changed and just been upset like accepting of who she was oh
1: man that is very it's heartbreaking
0: i'm pretty sure this is the one (laughs) to be crying oh no um yeah so i'm going to be completely honest and what i'm about to talk about makes me really apprehensive um but spoiler alert mcfadden is a major person of interest throughout this case So, we kind of have to talk about his and Sage's history together. But I I really just didn't love the idea of outing someone who obviously didn't want to be outed because Mm -hmm. McFadden and Sage had a relationship together, like a Mm -hmm. romantic relationship, but he wasn't open about his sexuality yet. Okay. So, it just kind of makes me feel bad. But this guy (laughs) sounds like a real douche canoe, so (laughs) I don't feel super bad about it. Okay. Um, From what I gathered, either Ortiz or McFadden. We're just friends or more. And Yammy is the one, Yammy Ortiz is the one that contacted Sage's father. Oh, okay. With who okay. McFadden was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But on November 21st, McFadden told Ortiz to delete his number and any information that was about McFadden on Ortiz's phone. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All of this with McFadden just continues to spiral and get worse and worse. It turns out that McFadden had a girlfriend and was providing Sage with money for some reason. Okay. Um, yeah. He also went rogue and ended up telling his girlfriend through email he was sorry, but he was leaving and he headed to the Midwest. A uh, little suspicious if but you But this me. is after he went... Um, up north to New York and the police got in contact with him and so did his girlfriend and he was about to jump on a greyhound and come back so that he could share what he knew about everything and then at the last minute changed his mind and went to the Midwest, mess- emailed his girlfriend on burner emails and was like, LOL I'm out. Oh, okay. Sketchy. He's really... Yeah, he's really just... In June 2019, McFadden's mother reported him missing, and he is still missing. No one knows where <gasps> Eric McFadden is. Um, as of May 2020, Sage's case is still being treated as probable homicide. Investigators have teamed with the FBI in their search for answers, and there is currently a $20,000 reward for information. Sage's body has not been found. Her case Whoa. remains open and unsolved. Um, those with information regarding the case, I'll include all of this stuff in the description of the podcast, and I'll also post it on our Instagram. But those with information regarding this case are to contact the Charlottesville Police Department at—I'm not going to read off the phone number, but I will include it in the link <laughs> in the description. Um, tips can also be called into Crime Stoppers, and there's also a family tip line that I'll—I'll I'll leave in the description as well. That is crazy. He just went missing. Yeah, Eric McFadden just completely went missing. I'll also post his How? picture on our Instagram. So if you know this man.
1: I almost said... Cops. cops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. I almost... I wanted to say let's go on a manhunt, but I mean, I don't really mean... As I just want to find I think it'd him. I it would
0: super cool to be a bounty hunter. Um, I am small. Me as well. <laughs> and
1: by manhunt uh, i just mean that i want to find the man and follow him until police arrive yeah that's <laughs> what
0: i mean by cool, manhunt. Cool, i can do that <laughs> if i can stay in the safety of my vehicle yeah um know. but yeah Pepper i'll post this picture on instagram i'll post it on our twitter if you've seen this guy call the cops
1: <laughs> yeah please because he might be
0: guilty for murder
1: <laughs> that is crazy um he's yeah. also a missing
0: person though uh, <laughs> so just to ease this poor mom's heart. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> like, there are plenty of reasons
1: that you should call the cops yeah. if you see this man.
0: <laughs> so our final case is Alexis T.R. Murphy, who went missing August 3rd, 2013. She had left her home in her dad's 2003 Nissan Maxima um, in Shipman, Virginia, and was headed 20 minutes away to Lynchburg. Uh, which... I've been to Lynchburg before. Yeah, me you too. You've been to Lynchburg before. Yeah. Um, Alexis did not return home by her usual curfew. Her mother called the cops and reported her missing. Her car was discovered three days later on August 6th, abandoned in a theater parking lot in the same stupid county. <gasps> <at> Abel, Abelmoral <laughs> County. It had been abandoned the night after Alexis had been reported missing, but after police had looked at footage, they could not identify who was behind the wheel. Oh. The night Alexis went missing, she was last spotted at a gas station in Lovingston, which teens commonly hung out at this gas station. It was like a Shell station. I looked at oh, there pictures of it. <laughs> it was a Shell station that had like a McDonald's in it. Oh, yeah. You know. And honestly, this kind of sounds like the middle of nowhere Virginia. People hang out at the 7-Eleven in our town yeah. all the freaking time. What else are you going to do? Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, a man with a neck tattoo was seen holding the door open for Alexis. Then Alexis's vehicle was seen following this man's camouflaged Chevrolet Suburban away from the gas station. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not judgmental at all. Which I know that's what every judgmental person says. <laughs> yeah some people with neck tattoos really freak me out yeah. i'm just gonna be honest the ones with like the scorpions yeah. i'm like did you get that in jail yeah really. some of them i think some uh. neck to- some neck tattoos are so cool i follow so many people on instagram who have Ooh. neck tattoos and i'm like cool tattoos bro i've never commented that on anybody's post but i think it inside my brain but this man's neck tattoo looked like he got it in prison. Oh. I'll post a picture of him also on our, <laughs> on our Instagram. Oh, no. But he, and he drives a camouflage Chevrolet Suburban. Mm, I mean,
2: <laughs> he's, got sketchy a lot, if you he's got more going
0: against him. <laughs> yeah. He's got more going against him than he has going for yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. So investigators were led to an abandoned property off of Route 29. Because, of course, yeah, uh, they not? found the camouflage suburban and camper of 48-year-old Randy Taylor. Inside the camper were multiple pieces of DNA evidence. Uh, the most curious being a bloody shirt that was found underneath the couch. Oh, this is why you shouldn't trust people with camouflage <sighs> vehicles. Honestly, I'm just going to make that yeah. my catchphrase. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to agree with that. Uh, Randy Taylor claimed Alexis and a man came to his camper to buy drugs. Why would he tell police this? I don't know. (laughs) He claimed they had some beers. She was underage, by the way. Okay. Which is also against the law. Okay, but can
1: we just talk about if police came up to your house and they were like, So I heard that you were following this girl. You're going to be like, Yeah, you know what? Th- th- they wanted to buy drugs from me. So I was like, Yeah, yeah okay. And then I gave yourself, them alcohol. Oh, God. <laughs> this man is dumb. Be like, Yeah, they maybe, came here to buy drugs. Maybe he's just you and he got nervous. Um, and he was, you know, Don't just-
0: compare me to this man with a neck tattoo <laughs> and a camouflage. <laughs> Suburban. (laughs) compare me to anybody in this case compare me to the poor golden retriever like (laughs) i'm just lost and i'm blonde and i don't know what
1: i'm doing with my life (laughs) you and me both um (laughs)
0: But yeah, so he said that he had beer with this underage girl, which is also against the law. And this man that came to buy drugs. Of course. Um, But the man Taylor claimed was there with Alexis had a a rock solid alibi. So he did claim, like he pointed out who he said was with him. And this guy was like, no, I wasn't. (gasps) And here's my alibi for where I actually was. He also said he had never met Randy Taylor in his whole life. That is creepy. So not only is this guy pretty sucky, he also sounds kind of racist because he just pointed out a black man and was like, it was him. That's so random. Yeah, he's a terrible person. Randy Taylor pleaded not guilty to charges of first degree murder, first degree felony murder, and abduction with a tent to defile. He was found guilty of all of these charges and given two life sentences. Oh,
1: okay. Cool. Cool, cool,
0: cool. Yeah. The... Um... Jury was just like us, and they were like, "This man drives a drives a what? Yeah, a camouflage suburban. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten, guilty. Neck tattoos. Yep, absolutely, murderer. It, it was <laughs> him. <laughs> um, Alexis's remains were not found until December third, twenty twenty, on private Whoa. property alongside Route twenty nine. Have yeah. you ever
1: thought about because again, that's really not that far away. It, I've said it before, I never, I could never kill someone. We've been over this before. I don't have I c- stomach for I it. I couldn't, yeah, me either. But around, I mean, honestly, in the whole Appalachian region. Yeah. That's, that's the place to hide a body, if I'm being perfectly honest.
0: Oh, ten 10 out of 10. There's a case that we'll cover in the distant future, um... Or near future. I don't know. And it's about a guy who butchered people in Fayette County, West Virginia. And just left their body parts strewn around the mountains. Yeah. And and I'm pretty sure he was never caught. And there are so many animals that would
1: just eat most of the
0: remains, you know? There is a shocking amount of unsolved crime that has happened in the Appalachian Mountains.
2: Oh,
0: man. And I mean, the Appalachian Mountains stretch... From New York to, like, Mississippi, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Mm -hmm. like, it's a, and these are old mountains. Yeah. So, like, there's caves. Oh. Yeah. Ugh, no.
1: It makes me never want to go hiking again. Yeah. I don't want to come across a dead body. I also don't want to get murdered. No. Uh,
0: No. No, I cannot discover a dead body. That would be the end of my life. Just stick me in a mental institution. I don't know what kind of.
1: Are you okay? Are you freaked out uh, about finding a dead body because you're afraid that they would accuse you, or just because it would be a traumatic experience?
0: The accusing. Okay. Blood does not disturb me. Dead bodies do not disturb me because I've seen a few a little concerning i mean like okay <laughs> i'm not even gonna go into context i've seen dead bodies um okay and it's not i've never seen someone murdered before but i mean i've seen a great deal of blood i've seen different stuff like that and i've told stories about my mom pulling yeah. over and helping these people who yeah your heads have. bashed in right I don't know what kind of me. documentaries
1: you've been watching to make you so afraid of being accused. I'm telling of you, it's my worst
0: nightmare. <laughs> it is honest to God. If yeah. you ever see on the news, Bell Brunny, accused of murder, <laughs> they're gonna tell me I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm already, we're, gonna, we're already I, just gonna assume that it was because you freaked I out and lied, and they caught you up in it. Episode about things I am afraid of yeah and I none agree with of that. them i feel like are are healthy fears because there are things not. that you are should be healthy afraid like healthily afraid of bears sharks yes <laughs> me mirrors uh hey ca- i don't love cameras that much cows i hate cows i'm terrified of cows <laughs> being accused of murder um, the being list, buried alive being, oh god <laughs> uh, being buried alive one of my greatest fears I'm incredibly claustrophobic a quick it side note it makes me
1: itch I remember a time when Belle informed me that she learned how to escape being buried alive if she was ever buried in yep. a
0: refrigerator is that correct? yeah I know how to get out of a refrigerator if I'm buried inside a refrigerator I also know how to get if I'm buried inside of a casket like mm-hmm. buried alive inside of a casket, I know how to get out of that. If I'm buried alive inside of a box, I know how to get out of that. Yeah, very impressive. Yep. I watched a lot of video tutorials about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm afraid of a lot of things. It's a long list, honestly. Being framed for murder is at the top of that list. Second on that list is mirrors. <laughs> I hate them. You never know what you're going to see in them. Yeah so back to this case and not everything bill's afraid of um i'm also afraid of mascots and anything that covers someone's real face Uh, i'm not sure i knew about this one i am terrified of mascots that's why i'm so happy that the mountaineers is just a man with a beard or a lady sometimes because i hate like ma- i hate anything that covers someone's actual face like i could never go to like a masquerade ball i it would be my worst nightmare <laughs> this is good to know i'm glad that i've <laughs> i've learned a lot <laughs> i'm afraid of a lot of things there's more too but i'm not going to continue because <laughs> you know if someone ever wanted to torture me they yeah, could just that would yeah listen to this podcast and know exactly how so there are a few people who are widely skeptical speculated to be the Route 29 stalker, the first being Richard Mark Evantis. E- Evantis? Evan whatever. <laughs> A serial killer who was active between 1996 and 2002. Uh Richard was involved in the murder of three girls. I'm sorry, one second. This is very serious, but if, if you've ever seen the Night Stalker documentary, His name was Richard Ramirez, and I Mm -hmm. constantly just think of him holding up his hand in court that day and just being like so casually, "Hell, Satan." Yeah. Think about that every time I hear the name Richard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. That name is forever ruined
0: for me. Yeah, agreed. So this man actually murdered three girls in spots. Spots. What the heck? (laughs) There. I'm sorry, Virginia, but you guys have a ton of weird named counties. Spotsylvania <laughs> County in Virginia? Come on, guys. <laughs> Please don't stop listening to our podcast because we don't know how to pronounce your i I apologize deeply, but... Con- I mean, we do have a Monongalia County in West yeah, Virginia. We have some pretty out-there names. I barely know how to pronounce Monongalia. <laughs> and then there's the park that's the... Uh, Monongahalia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um so this man also kidnapped and assaulted a teenage girl in South Carolina. Richard Mark Evantes was a terrible human being. And they believe that he could have been the US Route 29 stalker. Um, because many people and some police officials even agree that it would be super rare for a a serial killer basically to be scoping out like the same area yeah yeah like that's incredibly rare right that would be like if ted bundy and edmund kemper hit up the same school at the (laughs) same time like that's insanity everyone would drop out of that school i would hope so (laughs) well daryl rice is another person of interest in the early in the earlier cases like the 1996 ones Mm -hmm. um of being the route 29 stalker he served jail time for trying to kidnap a female bicyclist for some reason that word's very hard for me Most words are very hard for me, apparently, (laughs) Um, around the time of Alicia's disappearance. His father lived in the area of Route 29, drove the type of truck similar to that of the Route 29 stalker. He was charged with the attack on a woman who broke her ankle, escaping from Uh, the Route 29 stalker. He was also identified as, like, he was identified as the attacker of that woman. That woman in a lineup said, uh it's him. But they couldn't connect him with the murders, so uh, he went missing. Of course, uh, he was he also did. the prime suspect in the Julian Lo- in Julian and Lolly's case. Of no one knows where course. he's at. Of course, he went missing. Of course, why not? Well, why wouldn't share he share his picture? Why wouldn't if you he know where he's at? Call the cops. What is up with this? What is up with? Th- <sighs> If anyone ever acts suspicious around you, just call the cops. <laughs> Except That'd me. Better be safe than sorry. Except me. Because <laughs> yeah. I think that's just my panic triggers jumping <laughs> into place. I just b- automatically act super suspicious of anything. Oh, I can't. But yeah, he's missing. No one knows where he's at. <laughs> there is a picture of him also. I'll post it on our Instagram. Post it on our, t- on our TikTok. Post it on our Twitter. We do not have a TikTok. No. We're not that cool yet. <laughs> maybe one day um lastly is larry breeden who's wanted for the murder of alicia shawwater what the unidentified man is described as 35 to 40 years old in 1996 so uh-huh. he would be like in his 60s now Five ten to six foot tall, with medium build, reddish brown hair. Witnesses noticed that he tended to brush his hair back frequently with his left hand. He used several vehicles, including a dark Nissan pickup truck. He is believed to have started his rehearsals, which is like uh, Kemper did it. He picked up girls, oh, would take yeah. them where they needed to go, wouldn't mm-hmm. try and do anything to them. Right. In February of nineteen ninety six. Several men named Larry Breeden have been questioned, but all of them have been ruled out. Larry Breeden has never been found. So there are three different people who—yes, Richard, <sighs> uh, Daryl Rice, and Larry Breeden. They all. <laughs> okay, so the
1: fir- Okay, so Richard would be more toward like the later
0: no the earlier ones. the earlier so the most of the later ones are actually solved okay okay, um because it was randy taylor was one of them lj was the other two sages has never been solved what is this span of road like we talked about the entire like the
1: entire span from 1996
0: to two thousand fourteen. A lot of how women many, were killed. But
1: how many like miles is it between
0: between these cases? Do we know? Do you have any idea? Like 20. 20 miles? A stretch of tw- about 20 miles. Yeah. Because if you'll <sighs> notice, they're all in this county that I can't pronounce. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I just. Yeah.
0: What? And multiple, like the two, bo- uh, Alicia's body and Anne's body. Is it Anne's? yes were are both found near one another <sighs> um the only body that wasn't close by was julianne and Lolly's, and they, they were murdered outside of one was murdered outside the tent one was murdered inside the tent but it was still the shenandoah national park which is right off of route us route 29 they had to be on that road to get to their camping guys if i
1: just want these people to be caught just just let it make sense is it multiple people Mm. that this that have just chosen this highway to i just don't understand i don't know it's
0: one of those things where like it would be convenient if it was all the same person which two of them were right lj was was two of them and then alexis killer randy taylor mm-hmm. um sage's case is still unfortunately never been solved hopefully one day someone will find eric mcfadden yeah and it'll be able to close some holes in that case um some the ta- the main the main three that happened in 1996 though Sometimes three I want
1: to give, once again, sometimes I feel like I give them a little too much credit. Because if they are, if there are multiple kidnappers, because, you know, some of them haven't been found yet. If there are multiple kidnappers, multiple people, it would be, I guess, kind of smart if... These crimes occurred on the stretch of road and they were like, I'm just going to go ahead and do it here. So maybe they'll think that it's somebody else and not
0: me. I mean, but also if you're a serial (sighs) killer and you're like, what's the best way I can get away with this is to commit crimes in the same place that other serial killers are committing crimes because you got to think a lot of serial killers are very narcissistic and so they'll sometimes claim stuff that they didn't even do yeah right um that's not uncommon at all yes there there's that one uh case on netflix yes where that guy's like i've killed 120 people (laughs) i've killed people in japan i've killed people in korea and and you're and the people who are watching are like, no, you didn't. You barely know how to read. I don't even think that you would know how to get onto a plane. <laughs> I need like, to watch that. But it's true. Me These and people, Dustin only got through the first episode. And then we were literally so furious with the police officers that we were oh. like, come on, guys. You cannot think that this guy really did it. And
1: that's just so crazy to me. But it's true. People do. They claim that they commit crimes, but so str- they
0: haven't. Which, I mean, I guess if you're guilty, you might as well be like... I wonder if there's like a weird serial killer fraternity where they're like, I got your back if you got (laughs) mine. Like a serial killer frat. Yeah.
1: They probably all
0: wanted to be in frats anyways and then just couldn't. Yeah. Probably. That's probably what triggered them. Couldn't shotgun a beer fast enough. (laughs) And so the frat was like, sorry, bro. You're out. (laughs) You're out. Go hang out in the basement with the other weirdos. And it's like Edmund Kemper and Ted Bundy and like Son of Sam all in a circle together. And they're just like,
1: (laughs) eh. It really is so interesting, though, because, like I said, sometimes I want. Sometimes I kind of <laughs> the frat would probably think, be called
0: like "mommy <laughs> issues." <I'm> sorry,
1: <laughs> <That's> mildly insensitive, <laughs> but. <it's> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're on something. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. It's crazy though. I just wanna
0: know. Is it the same person? Is it multiple people? Yeah. If you if you've ever seen these people, call the cops. I'm gonna post some pictures on our Instagram, AM and Pod. Yeah. Um while you're there, give us a follow. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh so yeah, that was the the dark and haunting history of US Route twenty nine. Um, like we said, make sure you follow us on Instagram at AMM Pod, Twitter am and pod one still upset about that um one day maybe we'll make a tiktok that will also probably be am and pod (laughs) send us an email because we
1: just want to talk to people
0: (laughs) send us an email about everything that we mispronounce yeah really also fan art of the mommy issues fraternity (laughs) i would love to see that i would lose my mind i'd pay you that would be <laughs> our first piece of merch <laughs> but
1: our email is afflatchin at gmail.com yes. if you want to send us something. also
0: make sure to if you're listening to us on apple podcast uh like like it or rate it you can't like a podcast bell subscribe to us yeah <laughs> uh also give us five stars if you think that we're funny if not, please still give us five stars. Um, <laughs> don't hurt our self-esteem, please. please. <laughs> don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was another episode of Appalachian Monsters and Mysteries. Thanks for listening.